Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fassett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, this is Gemma, and I am so excited to be here. Yesterday, my little one, Bella, surprised me and just was so sweet. She was like, Mommy, what do you want me to do for you? I'll do your things for you. And that when I was laying in bed, and I was like, okay, you can do the podcast. And she's like, really? I'll do it. <laughs> and she just did it. I couldn't believe it. So um, I guess she's watched me enough, and she felt confident. And she just jumped in and did it, and she did it on nature. So if you caught that, um, yeah, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think of it. Bella was amazing. So Bella did another really cool thing yesterday. It was Valentine's Day. And uh, Toulouse is looking for his toy. You hear him snorting around? He is, he's determined. He's got a little squeaky mouse. Um, where'd it go, Toulouse? Oh, where'd it go? Oh, my goodness. So one of the things Bella did yesterday, which I thought was so cool, and um, I would have never thought to do this, but she reached out to a bunch of her friends, and some of them are adults. You know, they're, some of them we are both friends with. And she asked them uh, to send her a song that makes them think of her. Now, this was super cool. And a lot of people jumped at this opportunity. And she got back these songs. And what was really interesting was that two people who don't even know each other, that are she's that she's friends with, that are both, you know, more adultish than her, living on, you know, they're adults. <clears throat> young adults, but adults, um, they both sent her music from Train, which was, Bella never heard of that, but she, I think she might have heard of the songs. I'm not sure. Bella's young. She's not, she's not like inundated with music on a regular basis, but they were both so beautiful. The songs were so beautiful, it brought tears to my eyes. And it was just so amazing that these, um, these people, you know, just, um, you know, immediately knew what songs made them think of Bella and sent them to her. So I thought that was so neat. And Bella got to sit there and listen to music she's never heard. And Bella is also, um, she also writes music and stuff. So it was really cool for her to, he her to hear these songs, how they were written, what the words were, you know, very poetic, uh, lots of Lots of like layers of meaning to them, and it was just beautiful. So, super cool. So, that's a thank you to Jade and Christina and Bella's other friends for sending her songs. How cool. Um, and then yesterday, Bella and I, we just had a mommy daughter day. Now, I did go teach a little bit, and that was so delightful and yummy. But, um, Bella and I, we played cards together. We ran into a couple shops together and um, hung out and just did stuff. And then again this morning, Bella was so wanting to do breakfast in bed for me. And so she jumped up. And fortunately, it was one of those days where 
I didn't feel like getting up and now I'm yawning because of it. I didn't feel like getting up. So it was perfect. I said, yes, I will stay in bed. <laughs> I didn't even hear her turn the blender on. So uh, that was perfect. So yesterday was Valentine's Day and I had spoken to you for a couple of days prior about the idea that it could be uh, you being romantic for the sake of romanticism, you being in love with you just for the sake of being in love with you. It's like it could be about you, didn't have to be about other people. And I find the most delicious, the most delicious I've ever felt about another person is when I'm loving myself because I can't give to someone else what I'm not giving to me. So when I treat myself with uh, desire and yumminess and and just uh, wonderful consideration and, you know, like just deep empathy for when I screw up and forgiveness, when I'm doing these things, it becomes the core, the core value that I give to other people. That becomes like mass understanding for others. It's just mass, like, you know, like, um, yeah, comprehension, mass depth. It's just like a super deep depth of being able to be in someone else's heart. And it's really cool. It's so, so cool. So it gives, you know, like when you get, when you get to love yourself unconditionally, it gives you another level of awareness to give to others because now we can understand, you know, I had this uh, new little boy in my class and I don't see children as certain ages. I mean, if I take a step back, I can figure their ages out pretty easily, you know, because I, I'm intelligent that way and I know children, but when I meet them, I meet them as equals. And this is really wild because I see them as equals. So then there's some prejudgment that they should act a certain way. And I will say that some of that prejudgment that they're equals is is good because these kids sometimes haven't been invited to their highest potential selves uh, in in a in a I want to say in a uh, formal situation, you know. So they've been um, assumed to act out, assumed to behave certain ways. And so then they follow the suit of that. Whereas when I invite them in as equals, there is a stepping up into something bigger than four years old, you know, and I'm not saying that they're not four and I don't, I don't give them the four-year-old thing, but I'm just saying that they get to have personal responsibility for themselves. It's not stripped away from them because of age or gender. It's just they have a personal responsibility. My daughter has always had personal responsibility for herself. Even when she couldn't talk, she had personal responsibility for herself at the level that she was capable of doing it. So anyway, I had this new little boy and he was just like, I could sense that he wasn't sure of things. He had to get his footing. He, it was his first day. His brother had been there before. So it was all new to him. And he was this, he was just this like, he was like a cult. He was like this unbridled force of art energy that just wanted to explode. And I was giving him a lot of freedom in a way he hasn't had before. And I could tell this because I wasn't constraining him to um, a coloring book design or um, assuming that this design or this thing he wanted to approach was too hard for him. So I would give him an outline or sketch it for him so that then he could paint it. There, there's no presumption of inability. 
There is none with age or anything. So he, uh, his, his idea evolved and it was so cool to see it evolve. It was so cool to see him just want to, uh, dive in and, and do art. And so he made the most amazing piece of art, which I will use as my cover today. And it was so, it was so, um, there was so much depth to it. There was so much, um, wonderful depth and and there's more words than that complexity. There's a certain level of complexity to it. It was just amazing, actually, just amazing that when we let go, and this is what children do so well, when we let go of some idea of outcome, some idea of how something should be, or some idea of, of, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all limitation. And when we let go of that, and we're just in flow with the internal voices, the internal nudging, what happens, and I'm not talking internal voices in the head, I'm talking about the wisdom coming through the heart, the, the co-creative forces that nudge you to get the green paint or pick up that brush or move the brush this way or turn the canvas this way. All of those little nudges are able to be heard and come through and be honored. And that's what this little one did so well. He was amazing. And he was industrious and he really used his whole time well. So he, yeah, he he finished this like fairly good sized canvas, which was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So he'll be, um, he'll be just uh, varnishing it next class and starting something new. It was super cool. And there was just so much beautiful productivity yesterday. I had another student start another mosaic and I really am understanding that he just, he really loves to work with glass. He loves to work with mosaic and it's like the process for him. He loves that. He is really in it and enjoying it. And I can see already, this is his, I believe, second mosaic. And um, he's done other art also, but I can already see a level of maturity in understanding the medium between the first and the second. And that's really cool. So um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And when I go and I make myself available to my students for them to learn and grow it just feels like this amazing connection with all that is. It really feels like that. It's not about forcing. It's not about pushing. It's not about, um, you know, it's not about some sort of outcome for me that they learn something. It's just about being able to share that ability to be present and flow in the alignment with what is coming through and to be able to show them how to do that. And it's wild because all I teach all of my students how to step away from their artwork. And we can do this a couple ways. So one is to just get eight feet away or 10 feet away and, and then just look at it. And another way is to use the phone, um, you know, take a picture of it and then look at the picture in the camera. And so it's wild when I get new students like this four-year-old and I'm asking him to step away uh, from the art. And then he's looking at it and realizing what he wants to do next and versus someone who's been there a year who's automatically doing that you know like because it's they've recognized over the process of doing it many times with me that this is 
the next logical step when you feel like you're not sure where to go. It's the next logical step to take a step back. It's that same way in our lives. A lot of times we're too close to something to be able to see it. And then we get this like weird idea that if we get even closer, we'll have a better idea what the answer is. But that isn't the way it works. It's the fact that we have to step out, step back and get a bigger picture. It's not getting closer to the facts. It's getting further back away so that more of the outside can factor in. More of the big picture can factor in. So it's, it's very, very cool. And um, I love to share with you this idea that when we are close to something and we're in it, it's as though um, it is us in a way and, and that is our world. And it's very limiting because we're in the box and everything we know is in the box. And that's what I, I say it as. It's like being in the box. But when we take that step out of the box, that's the unknown that's where everything we have no idea is. <laughs> we have no idea about, we have no agenda, we have no ability to manipulate. It's just all of this on the outside is the unknown. And now we can bring that into our experience, the unknown. The unknown is what this four-year-old tapped into to create this amazing painting. The unknown is what I tap into when I do portraits of animals and people because I don't have a clue otherwise how I'm going to do it. I have no, look at when you have no training in something, the only avenue you have is to stay in the box and educate yourself or to step out of the box and co-create, co-create with all the wise ones that have ever been. Now that to me has so much benefit. You hear that squeaky toy? I should actually take a little picture of Toulouse throwing his toy around. Maybe that would be a good picture because he is having a ball. He is having a ball. I'm going to put it under the blanket, under the blanket. There we go to Lucy. So, um, there is like, if you are like curious about this idea of getting out of the box, it's about letting go of outcomes and expectations, any sort of, um, stories you've written so that you can start to experience it as though you know nothing, like as though, you know, and we often get that know nothing feeling when we go to a new country. And it's funny because like in your own country, you could go to a new, a new state or a new or whatever, and you would be looking for sameness. You'd be looking for those things to fill in, to show you that you're still in a box. Ah, there's Walmart, there's McDonald's, there's Denny's. Oh yeah. I, you know, the language is the same, da, da, da. But when you go to another country, and you can't find anything to make it seem the same. You start to get this feeling of being completely lost, completely in the not know, <laughs> completely unknowing. So that is also like that invitation to tap into the self, you know, tap into the self because we are all one. Everything is oneness. And when we tap into that, we can start to feel. So I had no trouble when I was younger traveling all around the world because I looked for this oneness within people. I looked for, you know, the connection to the oneness. So irregardless of the language barriers, I found that that was so incredibly powerful. So, so powerful. And we can do that with children. We can do it everywhere. And with animals, we can do that everywhere. So that, that would be a huge gift to give yourself is to tap into the oneness, to be willing to go into the unknown, 
you know, to go into the unknown and start co-creating from a place of not knowing. Isn't that like wild? To me, it's totally wild. So anyway, with that in mind, you know, I love you. I'm sending you big hugs. Woo! And a happy post-Valentine Day. Love you. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.